Welcome into Scoops with DannyMac.com and my weekly visit with Travis Ford, the head coach of the Billikens. As always, we're presented by Royal Banks of Missouri. Royal Banks of Missouri, full-service independent community bank offering a wide variety of financial services. They offer 11 convenient banking locations throughout St. Louis and St. Charles communities to serve you. Their personal service is second to none. Locally owned and operated Royal Banks of Missouri, the highest financial ratings in St. Louis for stability and strength. RoyalBanksofMo.com, over 200 ATMs across the Midwest to serve you. That's Royal Banks of Missouri. Sneed from NBA range, and in and out, won't go, tip battle, still loose, Hargrove blocked it, still loose, they go up, it's too late, the Billikens win, the Billikens come to Kansas City and knock the purple off the Wildcats. Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. on the call over the weekend from Kansas City, a win over K-State, the Billikens are now 10-2 after their three-point victory over the Wildcats. We welcome in the head coach of the St. Louis University Billikens, Travis Ford. Coach, how big was that win for your club over the weekend? Well, it was huge, um, and you know, as I came out, uh, you know, my first time uh, as the game was starting, I came out of the locker room. I couldn't believe how packed it was. It was an incredible atmosphere, and uh, it felt like it was almost sold out. I don't think it was, but just a great atmosphere, and it was. It counted as a home game for Kansas State, so, and it kind of felt like it, even though we had a lot of blue uh, in the stands. There was a lot of great Billiken fans there that traveled from St. Louis that are somewhere from Kansas City. Um, so, yeah, first it was a great atmosphere. And it was a – you know, we prepared for that game, and we only had really two days to prepare, uh, as if it was a conference tournament-type game. We knew it meant that much. Uh, K-State four years ago came in to shape its arena and beat us by 30, 35, 40 points at one point. Um, and that, had, you know, was still in the back of our minds, just uh, how much they, they, they took it to us. Uh, but, you know, you had two teams, uh, a team from the A-10, team from the Big 12, and two hard, uh, aggressive, tough basketball teams that rely on their defense. And the game was played exactly the way I thought it would be played. There were 13, I think, lead changes. And we were fortunate enough, you know, in about a minute and a half mark to make a really good about a 5-0 run, and that was the difference in the game. You know, Coach, what, what's it say about your program now in, in year four when you have a team that comes in and the Wildcats and they, they thump you at home and now four years later you go to their place and you beat them? What's it say about your program and where it is right now under you? Well, that's kind of what we use as a, a motivating factor uh, to talk. And none of the guys in the locker room except the coaches were a part of that game, but we, we use from day, day one preparing for the game that all right, we need to prove to where our program is now compared to where it was then. Uh, and, you know, this could be a we, – we use the word a statement-type game, not just, you know, in the season, but for where our program has come, hopefully. Um, and, you know, anytime you go and you go, you're going against the Power 5 schools. We did that, you know, against Boston College. We did that against Auburn, uh, Seton Halls, the teams like that that we played uh, in our non-conference schedule. You know, it's a great uh, opportunity to make statements. Uh, it's a great opportunity uh, to see where your basketball team is at. And I told my staff yeah, um, Saturday morning that, uh, you know, this is a great game for us to be playing right now. Win or lose, it's a great game because it's going to really tell us where we're at heading into conference play because I thought Kansas State is a team that is very similar to many 
uh, of the A-10 schools as far as just hard-nosed, tough, aggressive basketball. Uh, but I think, you know, able to go on the road, win against Kansas State, I think it shows that we've come a long way. It also shows that you're starting to, to really have depth with your team. Your reserves stepped up 30-plus points in the game on Saturday night. You're missing Gibson Jimerson. We'll get into that in just a moment. But, you know, you've got more depth this year, and, and Coach, you're being tested with that right now. Dan, we don't, we don't win the game without our bench. Um, you know, Hassan French had been hurt all week. Hassan French had not practiced, and we didn't really let it out. He did not practice since the Auburn game. He went about 20, 30 minutes the day before the Kansas State game on Friday um, just to get a little sweat going. But he went almost a, a little over a week without even practicing. And you kind of saw a little bit of that. He was, you know, got a little tired early. He was a little bit out of rhythm most of the game. And you know how much we depend on oh, yeah. Don French and Jordan Goodwin. And their whole game plan was to try to shut down those two. Everything they did from blocking from Kansas State, they put two guys blocking out Jordan Goodwin. They put three guys around Hassan French every time he touched it. So what does that mean? We've got that means everybody else has to step up. Uh, Tay Weaver, a young man who's probably been averaged about 10, 12 minutes a game, uh, goes comes in and makes three threes, plays 22 minutes, uh, is the difference maker. But another thing I thought was big in the first half. T.J. Hargrove picked up right where he was from last yeah. game score, and scored eight points in the first half. And Javante Perkins wasn't very good. We come back second half, Javante Perkins carries us in the second half. Him and Tay Weaver just carry us. Javante, I think, scored 11, 12 points just in the second half. Um, so that's the type balance. That's the type, uh, you know, rotations that we've been looking for in order for us to be successful, it's going to take everybody. Terrence Hargrove has the huge game with nearly 30 points a couple of games ago. And then, as you mentioned, last uh, Saturday night, he, he comes out against Kansas State and, and gives you a lift. Are you finally seeing him turn that corner, Coach, and, and be the, the type of really just athlete? He's such a raw athlete when I watch him play that, that you expected when you brought him into the program. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what we've seen in the last couple of games is TJ can do things that a lot of the other guys can't do and with his athleticism, because of his athleticism. You know, you saw against Kansas State Saturday night that he had a couple of tip-ins that he just got off the floor and got up higher than everybody else, uh, just quicker and faster. Uh, he has a nice jump shot. I think eventually you will see he can make threes. He makes them in practice fairly regularly. Uh, he has the ability at some point Maybe not quite right now, but at some point he's going to be a lockdown defender. He's still the reason he he wasn't playing as much early is because it's just a little difficulty at times. The concepts on defense, scatterport, different things. Once he figures continues to figure those things out, he's going to be an elite defender. What I like right now is you, you got Javante Perkins, who we know what he can do. Now you got T.J. Hargrove, who's going to be a regular in the rotation. Both those guys on the court. Uh, can bring you a lot as far as offense and defense. We're visiting with uh, Coach Travis Ford of the 10-2 and St. Louis University Billikens after a great win over the weekend against Kansas State. You know, we, we talk a lot about freshmen, Coach, in our visits about how it takes a while to get going. What about a junior college player that has had really good success like Javante Perkins and then comes into the program and he's playing at Division One? And it, it takes a little while. What do you see with that transition from guys that are at JUCO to 
big-time Division I basketball and how long it takes to adjust? You know, it's interesting, Dan. It's a good question because we talk about it a lot, and I've seen it a lot. A lot of times it's harder for a junior college player to adjust than it is a freshman. For the fact a freshman, not much is expected. They're still young. They've got four years in front of them. A junior college player wants to come in and make an immediate impact. They only have two years at this level. And so they're wanting instant success, and, it, and, it's, and it's very difficult to do that. Just because the transition from junior college to high school is such a, a big – to college, from junior college to, uh, from junior college to Division I basketball, there's such a big difference, not just in the competition, but the preparation, the daily grind of individual workouts, weightlifting, practice. It's such an adjustment. And uh, it's kind of like I say, it's, uh, as they always say, it's, uh, it's hard to teach old dog new tricks. It's a little bit like that with junior college players off the bat. You usually see a huge jump, and this is just from my experience, and you usually see a huge jump if a player's good from his junior year to senior year. Usually if they're any good, they're going to have a great senior year. Well, I think Javante Perkins um, has probably skipped a few steps as far as where we thought he would even be because of the adjustment. Javante uh, has helped us win a lot of games uh, of his ability to score in variety of ways. Make, he made, you know, you just look at Saturday's game against K-State. He made threes. He made layups. He made free throws. Uh, he's probably our best one-on-one player on our team. Um, so, you know, we, we're needing him to grow up very, very fast. But a lot of times the adjustment is harder for a first-year junior college player than it is even for a freshman. No doubt. Um, you're going to miss Gibson, Jemerson, Coach. Maybe you can update the fans on, on his situation, what happened uh, with his foot. Yes, unfortunately, and it goes with sports and anything. It's life. Uh, Gibson uh, hurt his foot in practice. Uh, I guess it was the day before the Maryville game and you know uh, just going for a loose ball nothing serious that we didn't think it wasn't like he yelled or screamed he just kind of thought he twisted his ankles what he thought he did just slightly twisted his ankle well we took some tests took two or three four days tests MRIs found a very very small stress fracture in his foot uh, Gibson did undergo a 20-minute surgery uh, he is uh Done for the year. We will be getting a red shirt for him, uh, which is good. But he is done for the year. And, it, you know, uh, I don't spend – you know, I, I, we've had a lot of injuries since I've been here. I've had injuries in my coaching career. I don't get too caught up in as far as, as how I look at my team because there's nothing you can do. It does no good. Yes, we do understand what Gibson meant to our team. He was a major part of our team, not just his shooting, not just his scoring, which was huge, but he drew so much attention to himself that it opened it up for other players. He was really coming along defensively, and he has such a great presence defensively because he's 6'6 and strong. He gave us a big physical defender. So that's what we're losing for this season. So other guys are going to have to make up for it. Maybe not the way he did it, but make up for it in other ways, whether it be somebody like Tay Weaver, yes, making a couple threes, or somebody like T.J. Hargrove, picking up his defense, different things like that. So we'll move forward. It's unfortunate, uh, but uh, we wish him a quick recovery, and he'll be back soon. And he does, as you mentioned, I think he was right on the cusp of whether or not he would qualify for the medical redshirt. Is that is that correct? 
Dan, I think you made it by one game. Wow. Or, uh, if, yeah, I think if maybe, from my understanding, maybe if he played in one more game, uh, might not have gotten it. But I do think the NCAA, there's, there is a threshold, that, a percentage. And they're fairly, I wouldn't say lenient, but if you're over a game or two, they've given those waivers before. Uh, but he is under that, so we will be getting, we'll be putting in the paperwork for it eventually, you know, down the line, and he'll get that get this year back. That's good news. A uh, couple more questions, Coach, and then we'll let you go. You you don't play until the 29th, so what are you doing between now and the and the the Christmas holiday, and then post Christmas with your club? Well, we're probably giving our guys off uh, the longest break I've given a team since I can ever remember. And it's just because of how games fall, because of the game on Saturday going on the 21st, usually we stop, we have a game on the 22nd, um, and then you give them off all the way up until the 26th, and we come back to 26th in practice. So now they're getting off from uh, after the game. A lot of the players stayed in Kansas City. We had coaches stay in Kansas City, and they flew out of Kansas City. Um, and... You know, they will come back to and practice. We'll practice, I think we're practicing at 4 p.m. on the 26th. So they're getting almost four and a half uh, days off, almost five days, which is a lot uh, for a team at this time. I said it before the game yesterday, even an interview with uh, with Rammer, that I wish we were, could just continue to play and continue to practice because I like where we're at. Uh, so I'm not crazy about the break, but sometimes it's good to get away from your coach. I'm sure they need a break <laughs> for me. <laughs> I'm sure they need a break, but uh, I like where our team is at. I hope they come back uh, and we can pick off right where we left off. So finally, Coach, uh, you know, you're a gym rat, and that's what you do. You study film. Yeah. You can't get away from it. So do you try to get away from it for just a couple of days, maybe a couple hours during Christmas? I will. Absolutely. I will. Um uh, you know, I'll finish up today, um, Saturday's game. It takes a couple of days, uh, break the film down, watch it, study it, make notes. And then we play Bethune-Cookman, I think, on the 29th or 30th, uh, uh, one of those days. I probably won't start on that until uh, after Christmas. So I'll give myself two or three days, just enjoy the family. I've got uh, my whole family coming here to St. Louis. Uh, we're hosting everybody here at my house for two or three days. Uh, and uh, we'll just sit back and enjoy uh, the, the Christmas holiday season. Ten and two, the Billikens, and uh, Coach Ford, as always, great to visit with you, and Merry Christmas to you and yours. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.